In this episode of the Lace Them Up podcast, there were trades on deadline day, although most of them came in the final 10 minutes, and Trade Center was essentially a dud after the first three hours. It was essentially called Plotnikov Center 2016 for <laughs> the longest time. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Um, also, the World Cup of Hockey rosters, early snub surprises, who we think might not play. Uh, and we're also going to talk about the Bruins and Sens, as per usual. And Yarmir Yager, history lesson, uh, part 1,000-something, I've lost count. He <laughs> uh, ties another record, set to break another one, potentially after this podcast is recorded. So uh, we'll talk about that. A couple of shout-outs uh, to mention. Glenn Hall and Roger Croisier. Not too many goalies wear number 22. They were one of the few to wear it, uh, but there are a lot of studs um, in the forward position. Mike Bossy uh, being uh, the mainstay, uh, as well as a couple defensemen and Dan Boyle and Jeff Brown. Uh, Dino Cicerelli also wore number 22, as did Brad Boys. Patrick Eliash wore it um, during his earlier years. Claude Lemieux and Mike Knubel, I'll Won it uh, during uh, their time in Detroit and uh, Colorado. Brad Park, legendary defenseman of your Boston Bruins, wore number 22. Uh, Daniel Sedin goes without saying, wears number 22. Steve Shutt of the Montreal Canadiens. Rick Vive of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, all of them legendary goal scorers. Rick Tockett wore number 22 uh, a lot during his tenure in the NHL. So to all of them and to all the others past and present, who wore number 22 in the NHL, including the one and only Mike Commodore, we salute you. Oh, and Jordan Tutu. Yes, him as well. And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. So now we're going on to the uh, social media part of the um, aspect of it, of this yes. show. Uh, right, so uh, SoundCloud is hopefully, you're probably listening to SoundCloud right now. Um, Facebook, uh, Lay Some, Lay Some Podcast. Oh, um, that's, the, that's the Twitter, you were close. Right, the Twitter. <laughs> Lay Some Up is on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, lay some uh, up Twitter podcast. Lay some up. Uh, I can't do this. <laughs> lay some. Uh, lay some. Lay some up on Facebook. Lay yeah. at lay some podcast on Twitter. Lace and up bag at gmail dot com. I always you forget that one. Any questions? Yes. It was actually funny the other. I was uh, I was googling um, lay some up podcast. Yeah. Just to see, like, if it showed, like, if it was one of the first shots. And it turns out that, like, we're, like, the fourth search result. Because apparently there's, like, a, there's, like, a a boxing podcast that's also called Lace Em Up. Um, So, but, you know, I I think that's our goal, is we should try to be the first result if you search Lace Em Up podcast. Top four ain't bad. Yeah, that's true. It's not bad. Um. All right, let's get I'll going. Tell you what was bad was deadline day, the first couple <laughs> hours. Uh. 
Trade yeah. Center guys I mean, are probably flipping out. Like you, you know, it. They're they're yeah. they're getting to last resorts when uh, the presidential race. Uh, the Ottawa Senators presidents gather. Oh, in the that was funny. They have a race off. I saw highlights of that. That was pretty funny, yeah. actually. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, we could talk about Plotnikov a little bit. We'll we'll start with because uh, we uh, when this trade happened we were in the middle of our podcast uh last but we didn't really get to talk about it so uh eric Stahl went to the rangers uh carolina gets sariella uh 20 a 2016 second round and a 2017 second round i figured if you had any if we had any more comments about this this is our time um for me i think this is actually a cool thing like other we did talk about the Stahl brothers another Stahl brother reunion, but um, it's also like, um, I think this will help the Rangers, this is actually a good move, when you think of it in perspective of what other teams did. Well, it'll help them right now. Yeah, it'll help them right now, and of course, Eric Stahl isn't what he used to be, Mm -hmm. but he does bring good playoff experience to the Rangers team that needs it, Um, and... You know, it's it's more yeah, of a he's threat. Won a cup before. And yeah, he's won, that's what I mean. Like he's won a cup before. Um, he'll help. Like in Rick, once Rick Nash gets healthy, the, the Rangers will be a scary team. You know, because then you have Hank um, in net. He can get hot. Um, so they're um, you know I think the Rangers did good here um, in getting Eric Stahl. In the, in, in the short term, no question. Yeah, and he'll probably, um, I, I imagine Eric Stahl may sign back with Carolina in the offseason. We'll see. Really? Um, you think that's a possibility? Yeah, he uh, he loves Carolina. I would I'd imagine they didn't really go off in bad terms. They, you know, so you well, may, he may just pull a Vermette and go back to Carolina. Um, that would be my guess, but... Yeah, well, see, see here's, here's the thing. Eric Stahl, I remember, uh, in a previous article, said he, he wasn't afraid to move on right. uh, from Carolina. Like, he liked Carolina, but it wasn't going to be the end of the world if they somehow traded him. And he was, I guess, preparing for the possibility that it was going to happen. And you don't give up a prospect in two second-rounders on the assumption that he's going to come back. Yeah, I guess that's true. To the team that you traded him to. Um and here's another thing. Carolina's in rebuild mode. Uh, and they and he wasn't the first asset that mm. they gave up. They gave up plenty of other veterans on that team. Right, uh, and true. for a pending UFA, and given the fact he's nearing the prime of his NHL career, as you said, this is as good a return, in my opinion, as the Hurricanes were ever going to get for Eric Stahl at this point in time. If they continue to draft solid prospects, those two picks they got in this deal could pay dividends down the line. But again, and I'm pretty certain I brought this up in the middle of episode 21 when the trade was actually finalized, and we're talking about it again in episode 22, the Rangers' cap situation is tight in the long term. They still well, I don't know. Tight, um, a, a couple of other guys. Um, last year, they gave up a lot to get Keith Yandel in a trade with Arizona last year. Okay. In this trade, they gave up a decent amount of prospects and picks. And, and no the one prospects prospect. and the picks covered is pretty bare. Right. And, and as I mentioned, Keith Yandel is also a pending UFA. 
and he's still around. Mm-hmm. So you give up all of that in order to get two guys that are pending UFAs this year, and it's a pipe dream to sign both of them. And even on the off chance they do sign both of them, they're going to have to have to move somebody via trade. And the first person that comes to mind for me, rightly or wrongly, is Rick Nash. He has been so hot and cold for this team, uh, for this team um, who probably aren't too concerned about next year. This this is a team that looks like they're ready to go all in and win right now. And they need to win right now because they have got some tough decisions to make in the offseason if they don't make uh, if if they if they don't win the cup this is their best chance to do it is right now yeah no I, I agree with you on that front I just um, I just I feel like in terms of this is like Eric Stahl's gonna be a rental Keith Yandel's gonna be a rental um, you know <laughs> I'm just looking at the draft picks they don't for the Rangers, they don't have their first, they don't have their second, um, and then they have, you know, so it's uh, this year. I mean, yeah, so this is their, like, this is their move, like, their win-now mode. Um, I don't know if it's going to work, honestly. I feel like the Capitals and all those Western Conference teams are better at the moment, Um do you think even even with the Rangers acquiring Eric Stahl, you think the Caps are still better than the Rangers? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, the the Capitals didn't really do much, but I still think they didn't have to. That's yeah, the that's the thing. They didn't have to, and I I I think the Caps are still the team to beat in the East. Yeah. So, it's all um, there. right. I mean, like, yeah, and the only weakness for the Capitals right now is that they, they're playoff inexperienced. So we'll see what if goes they, on. If they face the Rangers and they are taken to a Game 7 and yeah, no. is in the net, then I'm concerned if I'm a Washington Capitals fan. Because yeah. Henrik is the king of Game 7s, and the Capitals but then again, that hump yet. But then again, this is like a different Caps team than it was yeah, before. It is. And they've so, got guys like Mike Richards to help them and mm, Justin Williams to help them. I feel like... Four Cups combined. If the Caps don't make it to the Stanley Cup Final, like it's like a... This is like a massive disappointment for this team, for the yeah. Capitals. Considering, so. uh, by the way, I also saw in a different stat, they're the only team in the NHL that hasn't lost back-to-back games in regulation this year. Yeah, yeah, they told that in the boss in the Bruins uh, broadcast yesterday. But yeah, uh, and they're the first team to get 100 points right now, too. Um, I think the one thing that could really really kill their season as if Holtby gets hurt because right. the guy they have back in... No, Grubauer was pretty good, though. Grubauer is good, but... You didn't see him he, yesterday. He was pretty good. <laughs> he's he's kind of like what Dustin Tokarski was to Carey Price. Yeah. Like, he, he's, he's good. You're right. But he's not that good. No, he played pretty well against uh, the Bruins last night. I, I, I think he was pretty good. I mean, obviously, he's no Holtby. And, and, that's, and that's a smart move by Barry Trotz, you know, mm-hmm. get him into some of those games. Well, he had no choice, but it was a back-to-back, but well, yeah. it's it's a back-to-back, but now's <laughs> as good a time as any to see what he's got. And, you yeah. know, if he passes the test and you've got somebody to to go back on, if Holtby gets hurt, mm-hmm. that's a positive sign right there. Um, better solution than they had when... Uh, I think it was Justin Peters was back in uh, up Holtby uh, about a year or two ago. But, yeah. Um, still, it's 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 night and day difference of uh, Braden Holtby because he's he's miles ahead of everyone else uh, 
of, that, of every other number one in this league right now. Yep. I guess we could, I mean, I kind of went in random order for these trades, but I guess since we're talking about the Caps, we can talk about the one trade that they did make. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Winnick um, in a 2016 fifth to the Washington Caps yeah, for Brooks-like for Brooks uh, Connor Carrick and a 2016 second round to the Leafs. You'll notice that trend a lot because the Leafs got a lot of second round picks. Um, that was like the hottest thing for them. Uh, yeah. Speaking of trends, by the way, Daniel Winnick traded to a Metro Division opponent for the second deadline day in a row. Wow. Traded to Pittsburgh last year. Um, but yeah, the uh, it was an interesting move for Brooks Like um, g- g- moving. Um, he, uh, you know, he was a big part. Of, like he was on the Capitals team even before Ovechkin was on the team. So he was there when, during the bad times. So um, it was an interesting move for that. I feel bad for him because, like, the, finally the Capitals are, like, the favorite to be in the Stanley yeah. Cup final. And then he gets moved to, like, the worst team on the Eastern Conference. Well, that's <laughs> not... <laughs> like, and, and the days and, and events leading up to that was, yeah. was even worse for him because the Caps, you know, they get another veteran to help them in what could be a very long journey to the Stanley Cup. Right. And like I said, they didn't have to mess with the formula too much. They just needed yeah. the odd death move here and there. But shedding Brooks-like salary was just as impressive for Washington due to the fact he was making multi-millions of dollars and his production was rightly True. or wrongly falling off a cliff. Well, he's, this, he's $4.5 million for those that don't. <laughs> yeah. And this is a guy who had three straight seasons with at least 40 points. But then uh, after that, he gets four points in nine games in a lockout-shortened season, 15 points in 51 games the season after that, then 20 points in 66 games the season after that. Yeah. This year, just seven points in his 60 games played with the Capitals. Uh, a welcomed addition to the Maple Leaf squad that's being driven by youth. Mm-hmm. Um, a further testament to the prospect and draft pick they were able to acquire in this deal. But likes value, you know it's gone down significantly when a cup contender puts him on waivers yeah. two to three days before the deadline and nobody, nobody picks him up. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's unfortunate because he, right. it, it, you know, uh, four or five seasons ago, he was a solid second, third line guy for them. Yeah, no, it's and, just it's just sad now because you're like, oh, they are finally good enough to be, uh, you know, serious cup contenders, and now it's like, and now he doesn't get a chance to experience that with him. I guess he still gets. I still get. I guess if they win the cup this season, they he still gets his name on it because he's he played enough games. But it's yeah. still um, it's, it's a still sad that you though. Can't be on the ice for that moment. Exactly. There's not uh, getting your name on the cup is one thing, but yeah. hoisting the cup yeah. and being a part of that celebration is is just it. Nothing compares to that. And yeah. And, and then like, he, uh, like as, as a class act, like in the 2010 yeah. playoffs, they lost a close one to Montreal in game seven. And Montreal had that incredible run in 2010 where, mm-hmm. uh, Yara Halak single-handedly took them to the conference finals at times. Yeah. And, and Brooks, like, um, a, a woman and her daughter coming home from the Cavs game, they get a flat tire. He sees them, he pulls over, he changed the flat tire and he, and he says, sorry, we couldn't give you guys a better outcome tonight. They didn't even notice that, you know, they were talking to Brooks like of the Washington Capitals. You know, he was just a guy uh, pulling over to, to help um, 
a, a woman and her daughter a change a flat tire. He is a class act. He's the guy you want to have on your team. And, and, and he's the guy everyone likes to have. And, and he was, and, and, and to see guys like that um, not get a chance to experience this, it's, it, it's, it's not a crime, but it's unfortunate because hockey yeah. at the same time is a business, but it, it, it's, it's unfortunate because Brooks like, he, he, he's the guy you want to see hoist the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Leafs got quite a return from Brooks like, uh, or uh, from Daniel Winnick. Um, yeah. You know, th- so they give up a Daniel Winnick and a 2016 fifth. Winnick will probably just be a depth guy for the Capitals. Yeah, um, and but they'll like, probably sign him again in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they did exactly. last and then trade him again. Uh, yeah, uh, Brooks like um, will be um, a good veteran guy for this young. Yeah. Leafs team. He already is helping Willie Nylander adjust to the NHL, so um, that's good. Connor Carrick, I think he's like a decent prospect for the Caps and a 2016 second, which is basically like a first net, because there's only one first in the entire trade deadline that was dealt, and that was the Andrew Ladd deal, so 26 uh, second isn't that bad either. Return for that. Uh, Michael Boddicker to the Avs, uh, the Coyotes got Alex Tangway, Connor Blakely, um, I think it's Alex Wood, maybe? Kyle Wood, I think. Kyle Wood, yeah. <laughs> uh, to the Coyotes. I just had the last names here, so I'm just yeah. guessing what their first names are. Um, yeah, this is another move where, like, a veteran guy goes, uh, goes to the, uh, goes the other way. Um, I'm not sure... I don't think Boddicker has had a point yet, but... Um, Tangay had three last night. Yeah, Tangay had three last night, I think. And then, um, but Boddicker with, like, McKinnon and Duchesne, that's a that's a nice um, line for him to go to uh, compared to, like, what the Coyotes had, so... I, I think Boddicker was the guy who, who had Ottawa's maybe, number this year, uh, and he... I think he had two hat tricks against Ottawa this year alone. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, I think it, that's, that's the impressive. first time anyone got two hat tricks against Ottawa. Oh wait, he's on the McKinnon and Landeskog line. My bad. Either way, that's a pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, Coyotes building out their prospect pool bodes well for the future. They get a veteran like Tangay, who's played alongside some great players during his multiple stints in Colorado. Uh, that'll help the young guns like Domi and Duclair are there right now. Um, like you said, for the Asbacher brings added offensive depth, but shutdown defense will be the success slash downfall of this team. Uh, even, even with the minor acquisition they made, which we'll get to later. But again, defense is, is what's ultimately going to be the difference between winning and losing this team. And, and Bodker, if he can help them get to the playoffs and maybe get with, maybe get, around at the most two that would be that would be ideal but that's I, I don't think that's what we're gonna see uh, at the end of the day this is this is an on the bubble playoff team that's probably not gonna get too far yeah possibly I think I mean they'll they'll probably I think they're still in a wild card spot at the moment yeah um but yeah it's the same case for Colorado is the same case for like Pittsburgh and um, all these other teams. Oh no, they're not in a wild card spot. They're two points below a wild card spot at the moment, right now. Yeah, because if they get a wild but, card spot, they're 
they're going to get, in all likelihood, the winner of the Central Division, which is either going to be St. Louis, right. Dallas, or Chicago. Hmm. Chicago being the worst case scenario. Yeah, but like, but as I was saying, uh, yeah, they they need defense, um, defensive help. So, um, yeah, so they don't get that need, but they still. I mean, it's, it should help them, though, in terms of getting into the playoffs, but it might not be enough. We'll see. Yeah, because even, even if on the off chance that they don't get the winner of the Central Division yeah. and, and they get the other better, the better wildcard spot, then you're probably going to have to go up against either Anaheim or L.A., and that's yep. and, and you don't want to go up against neither. <laughs> yeah. um, so speaking of Central Division, getting defense... Uh, Chris Russell goes to Dallas. Um, I'm thankful that the Bruins didn't get him. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the Stars got Chris Russell. The Flames got Jerky Jokopawa. Jerky Yoki Paka. I butchered that name. Um, I butchered worse names, trust yeah. me. <laughs> uh, but he had a couple of assists now. Um. He, he, compared to Klingberg and some of the other prospects, they had the, he's a nice pickup. Yeah, like, yeah. A young defender who could who could be a very solid uh, a point producer. Like yeah. I, I can see this guy getting thirty to forty points. A yeah, season. like the Flames didn't need any more point producing yeah, uh, defensemen, yeah, right? Uh, Polak, Polak, um, a twenty. They got a 2016 second, and here's the kicker: if the yeah. Stars make the Western Conference Finals. Which they could, and that and probably doesn't even have to be because of Chris Russell. The uh, Flames get a first um, round instead of a second round. Yeah. Um, but that's only if the Stars make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting move from Jim Neal's perspective because he's usually, you know, he's usually good at these kind of trades, but. Um, I don't know. I feel like uh, that's an interesting move because I feel like if the Stars make the Western Conference Finals, it's not because you have Chris Russell on your team. Yeah. It's because you have Jamie Benn, you have Tyler Sagan, you have uh, John Klingberg, you have your goalies who are sort of working. So it's like, um, I don't know. I feel like it's. I feel like that was a bit too much for I Chris Russell. That, but I think the Calgary Flames hit it out of the park. Yeah. Um, Talented youth on the blue line, a nice prospect in Brett Pollock, a ton of success with the WHL's Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, he also won a Memorial Cup in 2014, so he's got. Did I mention Pollock before? Yeah, I think you did. And who knows what that second round selection or potential first round selection will become, especially with all the studs that they draft in the past. And yeah, the Stars improved slightly on a category I like to call defense. Defense. Yeah. But if, like I said, if they aren't able to keep the guy around beyond the end of the season, Brad Schlemming's going to hit it big, and Jim Neal is really going to regret this trade. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree with that. And as I was saying before, last podcast or last episode, Chris Russell is yeah, he's a good shot blocker, but everything else, he's not that great. In. So I mean, it, I mean, it could, it will probably help them in terms of for the stars. It will probably help them be more defensive, but at the same time, um, they're probably hoping he's not gonna like you know they have enough offense yeah. that uh, his, 
everything else will be okay for him. And they're hoping that the phrase "defense wins championships" doesn't ring true. Uh, doesn't ring uh, true throughout these playoffs. By the way, do yeah. you hear the sto- backstory behind uh, Brett Pollock and and uh, the trade that happened? Um, I didn't know. His Edmonton, his Edmonton Oil Kings play at Rexall Place, the same venue that the Edmonton Oilers play. At, right. Okay? This is the day of the trade. They have a get. They have a game at I think 10 a.m. Pacific time, which is like one o'clock Ottawa time. Okay. Hmm. They have a game going on in the trade breaks. Got no idea. Team is telling the media, don't tell him anything. We'll let him know after the game. In between periods, the cameras are zooming in around this guy like crazy. The guy's just getting a little smirk here and there. Got no idea what's coming. Yeah. And then probably at the end of the game, he's like, yeah, yeah, you don't have to go far to make the NHL. You've been traded to Calgary. <laughs> So, uh, interesting backstory there. I, I just found it funny that the cameras were zooming yeah. in on him, and he's just like, wow, is the uh, really like me today. Yeah, yeah. Is the, uh, C, for, like, the CHL, is that, like, a same thing as the NHL? Because, like, you can't play when you get traded? Like, is that a thing? Um, or is that, like, a... No, I, I, I don't I don't think it is, because... Right, it's just because the... Cause the yeah, the affiliation. Well, don't doesn't he have to like change teams now? Well, no, no. If it was the AHL, I think it would have been different. I oh, think okay. It would have been different if it was in the AHL, but the CHL is like uh, teams like the London Knights and the Oxford okay. Generals and the Flint Firebirds. Right, right. Those kind of major junior A teams. So I guess know, that's true. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be told to step aside and and pack his clothes and. And, and head elsewhere. No, he 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 take the game as as he usually would. Um. All right. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Uh, do you know that like Jake DeBrusque was traded earlier in the season? He's a Bruins prospect, so I guess um <laughs> that has no effect on anything. Um. Jamie uh, Jamie McGinn uh goes to the Ducks. It's another one of those conditional 2016. Um. If the uh, it's a third. But if the Ducks make the World Western Conference Finals, it's a second, a 2017 second. Um, also, McGinn has to play in at least 50% of the playoff games. Already, McGinn, in his three games with the team, he's gotten two goals and one assist. Wow. So he's been helping a lot for them. Um, or, you know, enough. Um, but uh, that uh, that's cool. Um yeah, I think this is actually a good trade for them. They need more, the Ducks need more wingers for them. Um, it's certainly helping. We'll, we'll talk about it in a bit, but uh, the Ducks have won 11 straight. Um, so that's uh, certainly a good move for them. First in the Pacific Division, yeah. too. Perron's been continued to play well for them, apparently, as well. Yeah, and, and they need more wingers to uh, help with, you know, Kessler gets left on the center line. So, um, And Raquel's been pretty good, too. So Yeah, he's, he's really evolved. Uh, I, I, yeah. I'm a bit surprised that Buffalo didn't get more for Jamie McGinn, and maybe it's because the fact that he's a 467, I have a soft spot for the guy, you know, he's... <laughs> He was on that team in 2005 that went yeah. to the Memorial Cup, and you know it's been a while since we've made it back. So you know, and he scored that he scored a goal to in overtime against Peterborough to get Ottawa to uh, London in the OHL Finals, who hosted the tournament that year. So that essentially meant they were going to the tournament either way. So that was a big moment for him. But considering that 
He was a draft pick of the Sharks. He went to the Avs. He was a part of the Ryan O'Reilly deal. And I, I, was a bit, I was a bit disappointed that this is all they got for him. But, again, the fact that it could turn into a second-round pick, I, I, I guess that's a decent prize. But I would have thrown in maybe like maybe a fourth-round pick along with Jamie McGinn if it meant that you would get three, uh, two third-rounders or two second-rounders. I don't know. I think I think what they got is a pretty good return. I, I know what you're saying. They got like – I mean, a second-rounder is pretty good, although if that means if the Ducks make the Western Conference final. But, um, yeah, I guess they could have gotten more, like maybe like a prospect or something. But – you know, in, in in the end, though, the Sabers have already a ton of good yeah. talents and a lot of prod, uh, exactly. A lot of draft picks. So, so I don't, it's not yeah, the world if they don't get another one out of exactly. this deal, but I think that they've they've got a much better shot of getting a return if they knew he wasn't going to be back next season. I think that's why the trade happened. Yeah, that's true, and I I don't think, and as you just said, the Sabers have a bright future regardless of this trade happening or not. So. Um, I just, I just, with, 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 you know, cons- considering the fact that Buffalo is not expected to make the playoffs anyway, I'm just surprised that they, that they, that they made a move like this. Yeah. But, um, and and you look at their power play and their penalty kill. I've never seen a below 500 team have a power play at last check that was in the top 10 and a penalty kill that was also in the top 10. Oh wow! I didn't notice that. Yeah, um, I think their power cool. play was 10th and their penalty kill was 9th or something like that. Yeah. That was, of course, on Monday. So results <laughs> subject to change, but still. Yeah, I'll check that out. Top 10 penalty kill for a below 500 team, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'll check that out. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I'll do that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Stieg to the Kings uh, for Zykoff in a 5th. Uh, Versteeg actually got in a brawl with the uh, Ducks. Uh, last night with uh, I didn't know that Ricard Raquel could uh, could fight either. I didn't know a, p- a potential icing call could generate that kind exactly. of exactly. That was like a very intense. I just saw the highlights, but it was like an intense uh, battle. So uh, Versteeg's fitting in with the Kings already, um, and uh, yeah, I guess this is like like the Eric Stahl move, Jonathan Michael Lyles move. This is very much like a. The Carolina is just moving on from what they had, um, with and they they're getting whatever they can for these guys. So yeah, and and you look at the fact that they missed out on Teddy Purcell and potentially Justin Schultz too. They needed right. a forward and Christopher Steeg two Stanley Cups with the Blackhawks. If you're gonna go up against the Blackhawks, you need somebody that's been there, that's done that, and knows the Blackhawks. And Christopher Steeg is as close to that kind of a player as you're going to get. And and he's pretty versatile, too. Uh, this is the second straight season he's gone to a cup contender at the deadline. Last year, of course, it was Chicago, and we all know how that went. He won a Stanley Cup. Um, and if the Vinnie Cali experiment has taught us anything, minor trades can have a bigger impact than we might think. Yeah, true. And I think Sutter, especially for L.A., because Sutter knows what he's... Um, Sutter knows, like, how to get the most out of guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, I'm just looking here. So, by the way, uh, Anaheim is third in penalty killing and second in power play um, percentage. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting move. Versteeg, is, this is like his, like, fifth team, right, or something like that? 
Um, I feel uh, like he's he's been moved around. He, he was in Chicago, then he went to care. Uh, I think he was, was he in Atlanta for a little bit? Yeah, actually, now I, <laughs> I don't. I'm looking up all this stuff now. I think he might have gone with Bufflin and Ladd in that in that trade, like at the end of the. Tour. All right, let's see he's here. He started in Chicago. Yeah, I know that for sure. Um, started in Chicago for three years, then he went to Toronto. Oh right! Then yeah, he that's went. Right. He was <laughs> then he went to Philadelphia for the uh, trade deadline. Then he went to Florida. Then he right. went back to Chicago. Oh. Then he went to Carolina. And now he's in now LA. He's in so that's like his fifth team. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny. Uh, I guess that's it for him. Um, we'll see what impact he has on them. Like the Kings don't really need. I guess it's like a depth guy for the Kings. Yeah, and then there are other California, one of their other California like the Kings need more depth guys. With, a, with a, another um, move to gather depth, and that would yeah, be yeah. the Ducks getting Brandon Peary. Yeah, as we just mentioned with Jamie McGinn, it's another depth move for the Ducks, but he's and Peary. he's a former Blackhawk too as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Brandon Peary, um, he's injured at the moment, but this is actually uh, like a crazy move when you think about it, because this is like. When you think about Louis Erickson not dealing, like the uh, apparently they didn't get any offers that the Bruins liked, but Brandon Perry got a six, um, which is kind of nuts. Um, six round pick, you get that big of a return for Chris exactly. Russell, and then a, a guy who scores twenty two goals and two assists yeah. one year ago. Um, a little more balanced out point production. I think he has more assists than goals, and I think he has like. Uh, I can't remember how many goals he has, but not nearly as much as he had last year. But still, uh, more points I think than he than he had last year. And you get a six round pick. Yeah. I, I, I find I find the, the inconsistencies of what certain guys are worth to be mind boggling. Yeah, me too. Now, I I, I don't understand that. Invest a much bigger price for this. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Um. Speaking of, uh, but, but I heard that yeah. Dale Talon, um, that things weren't working out for Peary in Florida. Yeah, and so it's possible. It's nice enough to let him go. Go to a team that's contending for a cup title that I can use his services down the line. But still, and a those six. Are the guys I don't you know. Work for. It's still you. You think you could get more than for yeah. six? I don't know. Exactly. Um, speaking of weird deals, uh, Eric Jelena to the Devils. Um, they get a. Tw- Wait, no, Eric Jelena was from the Devils. I'm right. yeah. I wrote this wrong. <laughs> Eric Jelena to the Avs. The Devils get a third-round uh, pick in 2017. Um, in 2017. Also be noted that he was a healthy scratch for the better part of his final eight games in New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, I guess we were talking about in the Boddicker section that uh, you know they didn't really get a defensive guy, but I guess they did get a defensive guy. But uh, who knows if that actually will help them or not. Um he well, isn't. They're they're tight on the cap as it is. Sorry, to keep yeah. No, it's uh, fine. They're 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 tight on the cap as it is. The fact that Eric Jelena doesn't cost that much, you didn't have to give up too too much to get him. This a is, third you know, is plug, pretty big. A, I mean, a plug good move that helps him right now. This is good. Yeah. That, this is as good as the defense move as I think Colorado was going to get. Here. Yeah, he's equal to Zach Ronaldo. <laughs> a third, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's. Uh, it is an interesting move for a depth move. I don't know if it will uh, matter for the Avs, but at least yeah. they get they get a defensive guy. 
for them. Uh, the, but again, or, the fact that he gets a third-round pick and Fury only gets a sixth-round pick. Again. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. And Ronaldo got a third earlier in the year. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's working out for you guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, Oilers get Patrick Maroon. Um, another Ducks move. Uh, the Ducks get Jermott and a 2016 fourth round. Um, yeah, this is another, like for, uh, McGinn and Peary, this is another depth move to get a, a center, uh, um, oh no, I mean, this is, uh, the Oilers just get a guy, Maroon, the Ducks didn't get a guy, I'm, I don't know, I'm discombobulated right now, uh, the, uh, yeah, so the Oilers get a guy, um, they didn't really sell that much. I guess they got rid of Teddy Purcell, right? Um, they got rid of Teddy Purcell, Justin Schultz, Anders Nielsen. Yeah, those guys. Yakupov um, didn't get moved. Nugent Hopkins didn't get moved. Yeah, they Not didn't make a huge of, move, but yeah, they, they did get rid of a lot of their like guys. But yeah, I, I they think get, if they make a huge move, it'll be closer to um, uh, the, the draft day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think so too, but. In the meantime, though, I'm stoked to have Patrick Maroon on my team and find the Oilers. He's yeah. he's got a nice blend of skill and toughness. That's the key word is toughness. Yeah, that's what they need right now. They don't need flash and dash. They got enough of that in McDavid and Hall and Everly and everything else. <laughs> they need a blend of skill and toughness. Maroon brings that. Yeah, and he's got playoff experience. They use the assets they have, draft picks and prospects, to go out and get the pieces they're missing. And say what you will about Peter Shirelli, but this. I love this move. Yeah, this, this is a good this move. This is a nice move by Peter Shirelli. Yeah, Peter Shirelli is a good GM. Um, I've never had any real complaints except for the Sagan trade, but other than that, no. I uh, I think Shirelli knows what to do to build a Stanley Cup team. So they're in the right direction at least. Um, we'll see. But they did, the Oilers didn't make a big move. Um Although I think some thought they would make a huge move, but I think you make that move when the cap is less in effect, you know, or whatever, um, during the offseason. Um, the Nicholas Backstrom, the goalie, not the uh, forward. It's always yeah. funny how there's like two of those guys in the league. <laughs> One's there's like a, a, there's a key difference yeah. uh, besides their position. Their spelling and the their goalie. first name, right? Is spelled N I K L A S. The player N I C K L A S. Yeah, it's still it's still weird though. But yeah, it is. <laughs> but anyways, he, uh, him, and a 2016 six go to the Flames. The Wild get uh, David Jones back. Um, so yeah, this is the both well, the Flames are are kind of out of it. So, but they do need a goalie as for the time being. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom has been kind of just, uh, you know, on the bench and whatnot, so he'll get some ex- uh, some playing time. If, um, excuse me if I sound too harsh. Here's how I feel about this trade. Nicholas Backstrom is past his prime. He's yeah. hurt, expendable in Minnesota years ago, hasn't appeared in, NH- in NHL action in what seems like forever. And the only reason, like you said, he's going to Calgary to provide added insurance and goal. Ramos mm. out for the year. A pending UFA, too. Hiller is also a pending UFA. If you look at or- Yoni Ortio, he's got the potential to be their goalie for the future, but understandably, given his age, inconsistency remains an issue. Yeah. David Jones going to Minnesota adds a little bit of depth for them, but not much else. Sixth rounder that's going to Calgary might 
might not really amount to anything down the road. Um, I just see this trade simply as two clubs getting rid of two guys who have become expendable over the years, not to, not because it's their fault or anything, but in the end, this is the prime definition of a nothing deal. Yeah. Nobody got anything out of this. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, long I don't term, expect, I don't, term, I don't think anyone's getting anything. Yeah, that's true. I don't think it's like a huge deal. Um, we did include it, but just because those those guys were big at a time. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I think it's just a depth move kind of thing. Um, getting rid of guys that weren't working. Uh, all right, we'll talk about the Bruins and the Senators did make some trades. We're not ignoring that, uh, but we're going to talk about that later in the Bruins Senators section Before later. We go any further, I don't know if this is the topic you're going to go on, but who won and lost on... Yeah, I was about to who won that. And lost? I was about to... Oh, who won and lost? Who won and lost? Uh, well, that wasn't a question that I had on this, but uh, okay. who won... Uh, do, you want, do you want me to send my reply first? Uh, yeah, sure, I guess, since you... I'll give me more time to think, yeah. Okay. Well, the Panthers and Blackhawks, in my opinion, the ultimate winners yeah. in the days leading up to the deadline. I like what the Flames did on Monday, especially with the Chris Russell trade. I don't think really anyone seized deadline day. Uh, I think a lot of teams just stood pat and did nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, St. Louis hampered by injuries. You know, you, you would think they would at least get something, get at least a depth player. But I guess their hope is, you know, they're going to have faith in what they had. And even if they got a depth piece, you know, they still got Dallas and Chicago that they're fighting against and, even if they get through then, they're probably going to have to deal with either Anaheim or L.A. down the road. So the West is tough. So, again, they're just hoping that what they have is going to be enough. And I don't know if it is. But, um, again, no, no one really no one really lost. Uh, no one really won on deadline day. I, I Like I said, I like what the Flames did. I, I don't think anyone really lost either. But... I was scratching my head at what the Bruins were doing. I think they surprised me the most. And we're going to get to them later, of course. But mm. what they did on de- deadline day really perplexed me. Well, I, uh, if I can butt in, I okay. do agree. We, we will talk about this later. I do agree with you. On that day, I was perplexed too. However, having watched the games, I am now for the trades. Okay. But... Uh, I would say the winners would be uh, uh, that you didn't mention. Yeah, of course, uh, Pan- the Panthers and the uh, the Blackhawks were good. Um, are 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 definitely winners here in the trade deadline. I'd also uh, include uh, Toronto. Um, they get. I'm just looking at all the draft picks they have in the next two years, and they have like twenty. 20 draft picks um, in the 2016 and 2017 draft combined. That's, uh, um, you know, including their, you know, their own natural picks. Um, So they, uh, in terms of like rebuilding, that's what you need to do. Just load up on all the draft picks that they get. And and looking at some of the guys, and we're going to talk about this in the sense segment a little bit, because they played the lease on Saturday night, but some of the young guns that they brought up really, really made their mark this week. Yeah, and as for losers, I was I was surprised um, 
that a couple like the Blues didn't do anything. Um, the uh, the Red Wings didn't do anything. The uh, the Predators. Well, I guess the Predators got Johansson if that counts yeah. as a trade deadline move. But um, yeah, they didn't do anything. Santos Sting and, and, and Columbus, by the way, that trade to to Nashville. If it was in the works, it didn't happen. San Jose didn't really get better, although, and then LA and Anaheim, which is their two main competitors in the Pacific at this they point, have, they, they didn't, some, you know, angle, but that's about it. You're right. Yeah, they didn't really do anything either. So, um, I think those guys are losers. Um, <laughs> I'm like Donald Trump now. Um, the uh, they're losers. Um, all right. So, of all the trades, so that's like the trades we covered last week. Even the Ryan Johansson, Seth Jones trade. Uh, what is the biggest impact of all the trades this year? Who's going to have the biggest impact? Um, define biggest impact, like individual impact or impact that'll have on the team. Uh, impact it'll have on the team. Um, or or if impact individually. <laughs> well. Uh, Call me crazy. I think Dale Weiss going okay. to the Blackhawks is, again, another depth guy, but that depth guy that could really turn into something special during the playoffs. And we saw how how huge he was when Montreal went to the conference finals a few years ago and the year he was having in Montreal. Um, I, I really think he's, he's, he's not going to put the Blackhawks over the top by himself, but he's going to have some big moments in these playoffs. Yeah, um, I think the uh, yeah I was I was going to actually go in the Blackhawks direction. I was going to say Andrew Ladd. Yeah, um, he's, he's, he's already he's helped them that already. A lot, that a lot of people are going to make. Yeah. Um, he's already helped them already, and I mean he was the biggest person drafted in terms of he was the only one who got a first of it. Um, I know this technically doesn't count, but it was a trade this season, so. Um, Seth Jones in the long run will help the Blue Jackets yeah, in their yeah, uh, his, process. His production's gone up since. since um, and Ryan Johansson's in that trade, so um, so that will probably help them. But um, yeah, in terms of the, the, those past two days that we talked about, I would say um, Andrew Ladd is probably the biggest impact. Um, surprise players didn't get moved. We talked about Louis Erickson. I'm not surprised there was a, um, you said that Louis Erickson, you were surprised that Louis didn't get moved. I uh, read somewhere that, well, first off, he turned down, Louis turned down a fourth, four years and a contract already, and there was reports that they weren't going to sign him, which they probably won't sign him. However, they did, um, apparently, if it is to be believed from Cam Neely, um, he says that they got offers from a fir- like a fir- for f- some first rounds, but they wanted more than that. They wanted a pr- prospect, and they wanted a player that could play now and a first round. Um, apparently, no team was willing to do that, which I I find That's that hard to believe. UFA. This this guy isn't Jonathan Truen. This is a pending UFA that controls his own destiny. You're not going to give up that for yeah. a guy who might not re-sign with you. That's lunacy. Yeah, but at the same at the same time, he's better than Andrew Latt. and he's also um, 
he's also better than all these guys that were traded. Um, so you, you know, if they're, um, and also this guy has been helping them in their playoffs. So if they're going to trade the guy, they need, they need help now. And they also want a guy that's going to help them later on. So it's, it's basically what Andrew Ladd had. And, and he's so far, he's had better than what Andrew Ladd got. So, um, that's pretty much what Andrew Ladd got. It's not lunacy, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, I guess it was kind of surprising he didn't get moved, but I'm also kind of relieved in terms of if it's not, like, that's kind of what I expected they would get. Um, so if that offer wasn't on the table, if that's truly to be, to be believed, um, then, then I guess it's fine that they, uh, they kept him, um, I mean, they may not sign him, but he'll be like a good quote-unquote rental guy uh, for the team. Um, and uh, in terms of, yeah, speaking of Drew Wen, I would say I was surprised he wasn't moved. Um, I thought he was for sure going to get moved, but he I think, wasn't. I think a deal like that waits until draft day. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's... Possible. Um, I'm trying to think of other players that were surprised in your move. Do you have any other ones? Uh, well, uh, I think we mentioned this off air. I don't know if I mentioned it on air. Dan Ham, you're staying in Vancouver. Yeah, uh, that's there a good talks one. talks that Dallas, even after they got Chris Russell, they, they want some Well, I think they were, players. like, I think uh, Dallas was, like, deciding between Russell and Ham Hughes, but Russell had, uh, they, chose Ru- uh, they chose Russell because that was the better option, I guess. Um, I also heard through the grapevine that uh, apparently there was talk that Dan, Ham- Dan Hamus would take a hometown discount and re-sign with Vancouver in the offseason. And, yeah. and there were talks about that, and while the Canucks management didn't say yes to it, they didn't rule it out. So I think that might have been a deal breaker, and they chose to go with Chris Russell instead. So that might make sense. Keith Yandel, again, staying in New York, um, give up that kind of return, might lose him for nothing at the end of the offseason. The Rangers are playing with fire there. And, and yeah. I think Louis Erickson, it's the same case in Boston. It's just not making the trade for the sake of getting a return. It's, it's again, you're playing with fire. If you turn down a four-year deal. Yeah, um, but if they're not getting the deal that they want, then, like, then that's fine. Um, it'll help you now. Yeah, it, it'll help them now. It's just, it's just down the road. Like, yeah, you know, no, I know what you're saying, but it, it'll help you now. I don't know. I guess, um... Let's let's move on. Okay. Uh, the uh, so the World Cup uh, announced their uh, like their preliminary roster. Um, so it's not the official roster. So, but we figure. Um, so we're not going to announce the rosters from each team, but we know. But we figure that you know those who care about that have already seen the list. Um, as well as it's just not being official. Apparently there's going to be seven more players who will be announced later. So odds are all these snubs that we'll mention will eventually make it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about, um, so we're just going to talk about, first off, let's see our general sense of the tourney. I don't think we've ever actually talked about the World Cup and what's going on. It's going to happen in the middle of September, which I find is kind of odd. But uh, this is clearly a cash grab for the NHL. Uh, this is their way of making money from the Olympics. They can't really make money from the Olympics, but um, I'm sure that, like, if this is successful, they'll try to, like, 
tell the IOC, like, oh, yeah, we have our own thing, kind of, so they don't need to go to the Olympics. Um, they kind of, I feel like the NHL hates going, like, taking two weeks off uh, every four years. Um, yeah, the, the players don't mind it, too. You ask guys yeah. like Alex Ovechkin, and that's, and that's what the NHL needs to be worried about, is if there's going to be a mutiny and uprising, right. like, from guys like, star players like Alex Ovechkin that want to represent their country. And the yeah. Going to represent your country for guys like Alex Ovechkin, that takes precedence over the NHL any day of the week, in my opinion. Yeah. And if he's given the choice, he'll walk from the NHL. Guaranteed. Uh, since it is the middle of September, I'm not sure how many players will actually go or try. Um, I'm sure, I bet there will be like this one huge injury that will have an impact on one team. Yeah. And then that like GM will be like... No, let's not do this World Cup. Let's just I'm, wait I'm, for the I'm Olympics. Al- I'm al- I've already got one of those on my list. Those will be MIA by the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, having said that, I do look forward to this event. Um, yeah. I may actually try to go, um, and I'm going to be desperate for hockey at that time. <laughs> I'm not really concerned about who's going to win and, yeah. and who's going to lose and the favorites to win because it's right. going to be usual suspects. Finland, Sweden, Canada, Who's U.S. I'm actually... What I'm interested to see is how Team North America is going to fare. Yeah. These are a bunch of young guns. Having them play against the big boys, that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I was, I was just about to say that. I'm actually not going to be rooting for Team USA. I'm going to be rooting for Team North America. Um... Like, I'd rather read for, like, Eichel and Goudreau than Team USA, especially if Kessel's not going to be there. Uh, I know he wasn't on the – he was kind of snubbed. Uh, but, you know, um, if he's not going to play, um, I'd rather – and it's, you know, I don't want to, like, root for the Habs captain patches yeah. or and don't want to defend Kane or whatever. But it's also going to be cool, too, because it's the only time that Eichel and Mc- – McDavid will be on the same team. Also, the... uh, also, PK and Patrice Bergeron are also might be on this on the same team if, if, um, Canada, gets, if uh, PK gets, gets it. List, but, but yeah, Eichel and McDavid. I'm more look forward to like a McDavid Eichel pairing. I know they're both centers, but it would be kind of cool that they're on the same team, um, especially since these are like the stars of the future kind of thing. Um, also, Ekblad McKinnon. Um, will be cool, too, on that team, too. And if Ghost Bear gets on it, that would be good, too. Uh, although it would be awesome if it was, like, um, not just the North American team under 23, like, just so that we could get, like, a Philip Forsberg and Evgeny Kuznetsov in. Yeah. Um, so that would have been cool. But uh, I think Panarin is 25, so he wouldn't count. But, yeah, um, he's, he's, on, he's on the Russian squad. Right. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, yeah, so RNH, Ghost Bear, and Domi are not on the Team North America. Those would be snubs, but I think they'll probably be on it in the next round. Yeah, um, Ghost, Ghost Bear was, was on the on the list of uh, snubs for me I didn't even well. realize that RNH was under 23. <laughs> I thought, yeah. he, you know, it feels like he's been in the league forever. Um... It just shows how young the Oilers actually are. Um, it would be cool to have Austin Matthews on there, but probably yeah. that's probably not going to happen, though. Um, yeah, and I think like the, that's also part of the thing for like Team USA is like all their most of their guys like Brandon Saad, Eichel, 
Goudreau are going to be on the North American team. Um, so USA isn't as strong as it could have been. Um, what's, but it what's, will be. Yeah. What were you uh, gonna go, go on and finish your point. I'm oh, no, no. I, was, I finished my point. Oh, okay. well, it wasn't much of a surprise. It was just more interesting. Corey Crawford over Roberto Luongo. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was pretty interesting in this yeah. case. Brent Seabrook uh, left off the initial list. Um, a guy like Mark Edward Vlasic gets in over Brent Seabrook and P.K. Subban. Yeah. That's no disrespect to Vlasic, but Keith and Seabrook, that tandem has been around for quite some time. I don't know how you break that up. Yeah. Um, Jeff Carter or a guy like maybe Claude Drew, I don't know. Um, yeah. It was... Claude Drew, Corey Perry, guys like that, they'll probably find their way. Red Marchand. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he. see, that's that's the thing when you have a breakout season, you're you're kind of on the bubble yeah. there. So you might you might be an on the bubble guy. Blake yeah, Wheeler, sure. uh, making the American team that that wasn't much of a surprise. It was just nice to see. Yeah, I the only thing for the U.S. is uh, is that Abdelkader was on it the team when there was. Let's I, I actually looked this up that Bobby Ryan, Kyle Poso, Phil Kessel. Kyle Palmari, Cam Atkinson, Brandon Dubinsky, and David Backus all have more points than Abdelkader, and they were left off the list. Also, Justin Falk isn't on there. That's that's nuts. Yeah. Um, and they all, and then also didn't include JVR and Tyler Johnson, who's been out by injury. So Abdelkader was How just a weird Justin one. Justin Falk would he be technically um, available for the North America? Who Abdelkader? Justin Falk. Uh, I think he's like 25, isn't he? Oh, okay. Let me look. Hold on. I think he's... Oh, he's 20. He's just 23. So you would be... Ooh, just missed it. Yeah. Um, um, Ryan Murray over Shane Gossespierre. That, that kind of surprised me a little bit. But I, I, I have a feeling Gossespierre is going to be on the team soon. Uh, no Klingberg up for Team Sweden. I was about to mention him too, yeah. Uh, K- KHL players apparently will be added later for Russia, um, but like Nemistikov, that was kind of a weird choice for Russia. Gustav Nyquist left off for Sweden too. Yeah. In case. Yager not on the Czech team. Although I think it is, he's going to retire. I think that's think why so? he's not on there. I think oh, I think still, he... I think they're still waiting on what his decision will be in the offseason. I think that's yeah. why he was left off the list. I mean, it will be. It is awesome that Krejci and Pasternak were on the same team, though. Although I am kind of annoyed, though, that Chara and Seidenberg will be on Team Europe because they're for as a Bruins fan, you you just worry that they're just going to be tired out by the season. But like, I'm not worried like for Bergeron, Krejci, or Pasta because they can handle it. But you know, Chara and Seidenberg, those are like basically our defensive guys, and they're going to be leading Team Europe now. So, And they're nearing their prime, too. Yeah, yeah. So they're not as, as young as they used to be. You know, they, they can't, I yeah. don't know if they can handle the kind of rigors that they used to. Yeah. Um, or it would as be, well. It would, be, it would be pretty cool if they, if they have like an under 23 team, they should have like an over 35 team. <laughs> yeah, like, the old guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, like, if you're going to get creative, like, you just, like, just do like that or something. I don't know. Yeah, get Dominic Patrick to play. Yeah. Um, those will be MIA. I'm calling it now. Carey Price is not going to play. Uh, I don't think so. Hops, I think he will play. play it safe. Apparently, play. apparently he might play even this season. 
Um, I think that I read some reports that Carey Price is going to try to play uh, this season, even though the Habs are kind of <laughs> are more and more out of it. But the Sens' playoff hopes are slowly fading, and the Habs are below Ottawa. Mm-hmm. They're wise to shut Carey Price down right now. Yeah. Um, I also think Pavel Datsuk's going to retire, so I don't think he's going to. Uh, that's that's right. a bold move there. Bold prediction there. Uh, even here's another one. Alex Steen and or Henrik Zetterberg, one of those two will be unavailable due to injury. Well, okay. Calling my shots early. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, all right, so let's go to rapid fire. We're actually kind of going long right now, but whatever. Yeah, we usually go long anyway. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Um, yeah, so we did talk about the Ducks winning 11 straight, third team this season to do that. This is a rapid fire, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're now first in the Pacific. Um, so like all those people who were worrying about the Ducks early in the season, <laughs> uh, don't worry about that. Uh, they're they're back. Um, uh, Picard, which is good too, because they were my uh, Stanley Cup pick or preseason. So yeah. Um, with the help of, I think it was a bigger help with like John Gibson and. Anderson were a big help to them, and Getzlaff finally got going. So I told you that John Gibson, when they got Hugh Dillman, I said, don't worry, this is still John Gibson's yeah. team down the line. He's booing it right now. Yeah, I have, him, I have him in my keeper league, so I might actually keep him. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure yet, but I'll, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm still debating what I'm doing, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Picard, Cal, speaking of goalies, uh, Calvin Picard is now the number one starting goaltender. Uh, it's kind of this is kind of sad because I remember Varlamov is used to be like the you know he was so good that one year. Yeah. Um, and now it's just like a fall from grace kind of thing. His two point seven nine goals against average and his nine twelve save percentage are the worst since the lockout shortened 2012-2013 season, where his GAA was above three. Mm-hmm. Uh, also been charged with three or more goals in three of his last five starts. That doesn't count the game against Buffalo when she was pulled after getting beaten twice on just four shots. Um, so, last yeah. five games haven't gone well at all. Only got one win to show for it. And in the playoffs, in the playoff hunt, which Colorado is in right now, you ride the hot hand. Bottlemob is ice cold, and Pickard's getting it done. And until that changes, Pickard's the guy. Yeah. Um, I, I have a feeling Bottlemob will be back. Um, he's good, yeah. not too good not to, but... Um, I guess they're rolling with Picard for for now. Um, Yarmir Yager ties uh, Gordy Howe. Uh, he hasn't beaten him yet. He could. I think they play today. Probably uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, he'll have probably broken the record. Knowing yeah, him. something like that. Um, so yeah, it's knowing us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, but that's a uh, mention there. Um, all right, let's go to the Bruins. Sends I feel. I kind of want to start with the Bruins because I have yeah, more to talk yeah, about. Right. That's okay. So, um, so yeah, we've been teasing this all year, or all all episode, I should say, um, because we've been intermittently talking about the Bruins. Uh, yeah, so they didn't deal Louis Erickson. Um, if we did this podcast on the Monday, I'd have a different perspective than I do now. Yeah. Um, I'll get that out of the way first. Uh, Louis Erickson, yeah, I was. As I think I was mentioning last episode, I was like, "Like, yeah, we should trade him." And then 
Um, and then I was thinking, like, well, maybe we should sign him, maybe, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't even do anything, and we're probably not going to sign him in the offseason. But, um, at the same time, he is a big part of our team. If we couldn't, if we couldn't, as I said earlier, if we couldn't get what we wanted, then, you know, I'd rather have, I'd rather him not be traded than be traded for, like, a bad, than make a bad deal. See, the, the reason I suggested trade him is because he's one of the guys who got in return for Tyler Sagan. Yeah. And you look at Tyler Sagan right now, the fact that you might lose Louis Erickson for nothing is just a head-scratcher. And that and that's that's why I'm a bit disappointed that they didn't do anything. But I'll let you get back to your point. Um, yeah, I, I see your point. At the same time, it's, like, I don't really think of it that way. I don't think of him as, like, the guy that we got from Sagan. Because he has been, he's been our best, he's been one of our best players. Um, one of the reasons why we're third in the Atlantic Division right now. So, or even in the playoffs. So, like, considering that. So, I think he, he is an important to us in our season. Um... This season, at least. And I know that we're probably not going to go far, but um, I think it's, um, e- even if we do make it, I should, <laughs> I'm trying to be, like, as uh, superstitious as I can. Uh, right, it's not a guarantee that we'll even make the playoffs. But um, I feel like he does give us the best chance to be in the playoffs. Um, and I think that's good for guys like Posternak and Spooner, who haven't been in the playoffs before, and so when we when we are actually serious contenders, then it'll be like, oh, these guys have been in there before. Um, so I think, and anything can happen, you know. Like as I mentioned earlier, I feel like the only team that can we can that can seriously that are serious contenders in the East are the Capitals. Um, and all we really need is Tuka Rask to get hot. He's one of the best goaltenders in the game, so. I feel like that could happen. Um, as for the guys that we got back, uh, yeah, we got rid of like our third and our second, um, and our fourth and our fifth, I think. Um, but we have we have our two first in um for like uh for Lee Stemniak and John Michael Lyles. John Michael Lyles brings a good veteran presence, so I was okay with that move. Um, he was like. I mean, and he had a nice, I don't know if you saw the Blackhawk highlights, the Bruin Blackhawk highlights, but he had a, um, he had a sweet pass to Louis Erickson goal. Um, so I, I'm, at that moment, I was like, all right, I like this guy. Um, this is one of the better, uh, even with Carolina, this is one of the better point totals he's had in quite some time. Yeah. So no, no denying that he's, yeah, no, he's, 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 they needed defense and this is, you know, the closest yeah. thing they were going to get, you know, five minutes left in the deadline. So yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a wise move to make. Uh, yeah, it was it was good, too, because it brings a lot of veteran guys, especially now that uh, it looks like Kevin Miller got injured uh, yesterday. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be, but it's like, I know I, know I give him a lot of, uh, I know I give Kevin Miller a lot of... Uh, Praise slash criticism at times. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's an uh, understatement. Um, the uh, I, I don't want to say the S word, but I. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have to. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, you, you can fill in the blanks. 
Um, the, uh, the, uh, but, uh, it is, it's always bad when someone gets injured. Um, especially with that hit, Ovechkin, like, basically, uh, blindsided him. So, but, um, but yeah, but he was, he's been playing better even when, with Lyles in the lineup, um, his, like, his defense had gotten better. So, um, it's kind of sad that he's finally playing up to what we, uh, we expect, I expected, and he's, uh, now he's, he might be gone, but, uh... Um, going back to Lee Stefaniak for a second, yeah, I, I like uh, the trade that New Jersey made, considering yeah. they didn't have to give up much to get and he his was, services, and, they and the Bruins could have gotten him, return. and the Bruins could have gotten him early in the season, he had a PTO, yeah. um, option with them, but he decided to go to the Devils instead, and then... And then he's worth a third and a fifth. That was a more questionable move because uh, I wasn't sure if we really needed him. But he's been good so far. He hasn't gotten a goal yet, but he's gotten a couple assists, and he's he's fit in well for uh, Bergeron Marchand, and it kind of takes the pressure off of Brett Connolly, who's also now in the fourth time line. In a row, the third deadline day in a row that he's been dealt. Yeah, um, and yeah, so I, I don't. That was more questionable because, um, but. You know, at the same time, I mean, it was a good deal for the Devils. Deal for the Devils. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, they, because uh, uh, like you know, he's 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 being paid like eight oh five dollars, thousand dollars, or something like that. Yeah. He's he, very he's cheap. A, he's a decent. He's a decent. But um, make, considering his yeah, and they, the Devils somehow got like a third and a fifth for him. Yeah. So um, so that was good for them. But um, yeah, so far he's been pretty good for us. Uh, mostly just because he's been uh, he's been able to be that first line guy for the Bergeron and Marchand, um, which is someone we've needed since Aginla. Um, so, um, so that's that's good. Um, I think um, if Boston somehow gets into a matchup with Detroit and Flor or and or Florida, I think that's probably right. one of the, the the one of the few teams they have a chance to get out of round one. If they yeah. finish second or third in the Atlantic and they either get Detroit or Florida, because uh, I can see Can't Tampa overtaking uh, the yeah. top spot in the Atlantic. I don't see Montreal coming back. Ottawa, I could get see, to them in a bit, but it's not looking good for them either. So. I could I could see them beating Florida and even Detroit. Um, I, I don't know about Tampa, but I think we could, they could definitely be out in the first round. But it's, we're definitely looking better than we did in the start. I feel like, um, especially since we well, we played Chicago. We, we lost to Tampa Bay before the trade deadline. Uh, that was a bummer. But then we uh, beat, we somehow beat Chicago. Uh, oh no, no, we beat uh, we beat Calgary. Um, close game, but, but close you, game. You're, you're uh, able to, you're able to get the win there, and then yeah, then Chicago. we go, then we go to Chicago, which is probably the biggest win of our season. Um, albeit, of course, I should mention that we the Chicago had just played the night before, um, and uh, they I think they like went, they came into Boston in like three in the morning or something like that, so they were tired too. But I'll take it um, a win against Chicago. Um, then we uh we got into overtime with Washington last night. Um, it should have actually been we should have won in regulation, but the refs called it back. But um, 
Yeah, it was. It's probably been the best hockey I've seen the Bruins play this season. Um, and like our defense is actually finally clicking. Um, and I think so. I think it's like all all you really need in the playoffs is just a hot goalie um, and a little bit of luck. So I feel like anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, right now, if I'm being a hockey analyst, I would say that, yeah, Tampa Bay and Washington, I wouldn't want to face them in the first round. Um, but at the same time, anything can happen. We still have Char, we still have Bergeron, we still have Tuca. Um, so, and Marshawn and uh, Spooner have, are in, like, have their best season by far. So and another thing you got going for you, you're winning on the road. You've got a crucial back-to-back against Tampa in Florida, in Tampa yeah. and Florida coming up in the next yeah. couple of days. You and know, these are, Carolina, and then these next Florida. couple of games are going to be big for us, uh, yeah. are big for the Bruins, um, for sure. Um, speaking of, but we do have to talk about some bad things. Uh, Ronaldo, uh, well, first off, he was, <laughs> we did the right thing. He was, he was put on waivers. Then he gets suspended from the uh, NHL from a hit, and then he gets then he goes in his first game in his AHL Providence Bruins team, he gets suspended again, and he's yeah. the first player ever to be suspended in both the NHL and the AHL, which is kind of funny. Um, Same league, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like a it's a, such a typical Bruins move. I don't know. Gave up so, a third rounder for yeah. Him. That's, I think, probably, that's probably the more infuriating part for for you. I think I think yeah. Bruins fans are more uh, disgusted with Zach Ronaldo than any other NHL fan. Because well, yeah, I mean, honestly, well, I was one of the few who was just like, I, I don't know if a third like if you get a, th- a third round pick doesn't automatically mean you're an NHL player. So I was always okay with that. I mean, I know I wasn't happy with Ronaldo getting Ronaldo because I know he's a bit of a goon. Um, clearly, but I don't know. I felt like, yeah, so, so clearly it didn't work. I guess it was just under the assumption that we're going to train him like we do for Brad Marchand and Lucic, you know, but See, just didn't is, end up working. Difference is Brad Marchand's got more offensive upside than Zach Ronaldo. And Lucic does, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about, well, enough, uh, let's talk about you now, the Sens. FNAF uh, made his uh, return back to Toronto. Um, you can also talk about the trades, too. I don't know what, what you yeah, want to we'll, go with we'll, first. We'll start, we'll start with the trades. They didn't do all that much. Um, but in the final minutes leading up to the deadline, we found out what they did do is they sent Shane Prince to the New York Islanders for a third-round pick. Um, it's unfortunate. It didn't really surprise me, though. They, he was slowly falling down the depth chart, just like Colin Greening before him. Uh, especially at left wing, where they already have a log jam. They already have a log jam at left wing as it is. And general manager Brian Murray said he wanted to see Shane become a top six forward. Always seemed to be on the fourth line as time went on. And a lot of other players deserved a longer look. In particular, Matt Pumple. Um, they 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 added yeah. some qualities to him that Prince and didn't. That was kind of strange that you got like a third round pick for Prince. You know, yeah. if you want to talk about like. Um, Peary getting a six and Prince getting a third. I don't know. Sorry, you going. He had 12 points in 42 games this year. Last year he had 68 points, I think, in the AHL, which, which you know, he's starting to find his game offensively. Just 
unfortunately, didn't seem to cut it. But you got a nice return for that, is my point. (laughs) Yeah. And in his first game with the Islanders, you're going to find out what he's really made of because he was playing on the top line with Tavares and Ryan Strom. And his city closer to home, he grew up in New York. So now we'll get to see, like I said, uh, what this kid is capable of doing. Um, Another prospect for prospect deal, nothing worth writing home about. Um, Big news of the week was announced on deadline day. Not a trade. The decision to sit down Kyle Turris for an indefinite period of time due to a high ankle sprain. I don't know if you remember back in November, December, they had a game against the Islanders. And Kyle Turris' leg bent in a very awkward way. Um, Like, it's one of those situations where it's not supposed to bend like that. And the next day, within the next couple of days, he was back on the ice. And I'm thinking, either this guy's Iron Man on roids, or he's battling some serious pain. Because that looked like it hurt. And then when I heard it was a high ankle sprain this week, I'm just thinking, it's got to... It, it's got to go back to that play because that was probably one of the more one of the more gruesome injuries that I've ever seen that didn't involve any blood on the ice. Like it was, it was a gruesome, gruesome play, a freak accident, but a gruesome play. Just fell awkwardly, and and is and is and is and you, I I can't explain it. You have to see the replay for yourself. Once you see the replay, you you can. You can tell why he probably uh, why that high ankle sprain dates back to that incident, um, and he was just always, you know, playing through some sort of pain. He was, you know, he, he was he was doing his best to hide it. In the game against Calgary, Brian Murray said he saw him noticeably limping on the ice, and he advised Kyle, "Let's shut you down indefinitely." Uh, for the sake of your career long term, like you, you need to, you need to rest up, and so that's exactly what they did. Unsure if he'll be back in time for the playoffs, if they even make the playoffs. But it looks like his regular season is done for the time being, um, and I'm surprised he didn't. He, he was able to play through the injury for that long, um, and and my folks actually saw him at the rink yesterday. He was at, uh, he, he was, um, he's involved with this. Uh, team of, of a group of kids with uh, special needs they're called the capital city condors and they play i think once every couple of weeks you know once a month you know just you know have, having fun kind of thing and and he was in the stands and like he was walking okay but you know certain injuries it's one it, you don't notice it when you're walking you don't feel any pain when you're walking but when you're running or jogging or in his case skating that's when it poses a problem um, which you obviously need to do in hockey. So um, they, they were wise to shut him down. In And so in response, instead of getting more of their young guns at center, Nick Paul, um, those kind of guys, more ice time, they go out and they sign Scott Gomez, who was a point-per-game player in the NHL, mind you, asked to be released from his contract in Hershey, and they complied. They, they, they – uh, they uh, granted his request. Um, he previously signed um, a contract with the St. Louis Blues, um, less than a point per game player, and um, basically sent down. Uh, they they uh, they parted ways, and then he and then he went to Hershey. This guy, I can understand you want him to help the young guns. Someone who's won a Stanley Cup, won a couple of Stanley Cups, uh, 
knows what it takes to get into the playoffs and be successful. This guy is, regardless of what he says, that he thinks he can play, his talent level is not where it once was. And he is nearing the stage where he should just retire. Um, and and it's only till the end of the season. Thank goodness it's only till the end of the season. He's not going to be eligible for the playoffs, even if they do get in. Um, but for, for 19 games, he's an Ottawa Senator. And I, I really question that move because I'm thinking, you know, even if you want to get, you know, the guys, the young guns, you know, more experience than the veterans, I look to a lot of other guys before I go to Scott Gomez. And I think the one thing that Scott Gomez had going for him is Kyle Turris, their number one center is hurt, probably not coming back this year. He's a center. He can fill the void until he returns. I didn't realize I didn't realize the Senators even got Scott Gomez. Neither but. did I until I I heard, saw on Facebook Scott Gomez is an Ottawa Senator. I check on TSN. Oh, apparently Scott Gomez is an <laughs> Ottawa Senator, and they weren't talking too much about it on the radio. So I, I think everyone was very quiet about it because they didn't want all these people reacting. Oh no, Scott Gomez right. is a senator. Oh well, he, no. He, he, he was decent last year for the Devils. I mean, I know he wasn't great for the Habs, but... Um, He's just you know. not the player he used. He's, he, he was, and, and I think there are a lot better options than Scott Gomez, but you know... Like who? Went, went willing to give the guy a chance at least, but... Like who? Well, I'd, I'd like to see Nick Paul get some more ice time, and I know oh. he's already getting more ice time. Oh, you mean like prospects? <laughs> okay. Yeah, prospects. Like, yeah, this yeah. is a youth movement. You didn't do really much of the deadline besides right. Shane Prince and, and uh, trading into the Owls. So do you think this season is over because of that? Because they didn't do moves? It's, it's it's tough to tell. I think if they lost to Toronto, um, yeah, I really don't like their chances. Okay. But they were able to, they were able to get a win. And on top of that, Anderson, um, in that in the Tuesday game against St. Louis, where they were down three nothing, he it looked like he hyperextended his knee or suffered some other lower body injury, had to leave the game, missing a couple of games, and now they're relying on the tandem of Andrew Hammond and Chris Trigger until he returns. Right, he that, that hurts them. The Craig, Craig Anderson injury, yeah, yeah, and um, they pull off this comeback against the Blues. Point one second left. Pajot again. Wouldn't it be funny? He 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 almost tied the game against Buffalo a couple uh, about a month or so ago, and that was called back because the puck didn't go in until a tenth of a second after the buzzer rang. Point one second left on the clock. In this case, Pajot ties the game, and Pajot has been playing really really well the past couple of weeks. So it was nice to at least get a point. Then you go into overtime. Nobody can buy a goal in the shootout until Berglund wins in like the 11th or 12th round. But that was that turned from a game that you know, you know, since I'm going to win this to oh man, he, they have a shot. Right. He's playing well. He's back to his old self. The Hamburger's yeah. back. And those are the kind of games that they were able to win last year, and they didn't get it done. Put up a good matchup against Tampa, down two nothing, make it two to one late, but. Pajot, with all the good plays he has made, that one stinker that he makes, and Tampa makes him pay big time at an empty netter, and the, and Ottawa loses four to one, and then Ottawa down two to one against Toronto. I'm thinking, oh boy, 
this is this is it because Nylander gets his first NHL goal. Brooks Light, by the way, assisted on that. Assisted on yeah, his, I think we mentioned that. Yeah, on Michael Nylander's final goal, his his dad's final goal, and he assists on his son's first. Um, so now. He might have to wait for uh, Michael Nylander to get in the league. And <laughs> or or, or, or uh, is uh, Willie's younger brother, Alex. Yeah. Oh, is it Alex? I thought it was Michael for some reason. Well, well, he gets drafted by Toronto and then, or some other team, and then he's on yeah. the other team just being the puck. And <laughs> just, just for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but And then there's this Soshnikov kid. Like, that, that kid can shoot it. Like that, his first NHL goal was a rocket. His second one against Ottawa was even better. Yeah. In and out like a bullet, perfectly placed. Nothing that Hammond can do. And and he and he threaded the needle. Got through Mark Mathot. Uh, he made a, a pretty solid play. Tried to go for the poke check, and he just fired it right through his legs, over Hammond's shoulder. That that's an absolute snipe. And that that kid has got a future. In this league, if he plays like that, and he also plays with an edge, he can get under your skin too. Apparently, according to what Mike Babcock has said, and um, they gave Kasperi Kapanen a couple of looks. He's been sent down to the minors now. Uh, Nealander and and Sashnikov, they're probably going to give him a longer look, see what they got. Garrett Sparks is back up too. Um, he's played he's played all right since his uh, since being recalled from the Marlies. Um, so, regardless of how good the Leafs could be in a couple of years and the youth movement that they have. That's still a team that Ottawa needs to beat. And they almost didn't beat them. They came away with two points, but they almost didn't beat them. Yeah. Now you've got Dallas coming up tonight. And then you play Carolina, Florida, and then the Leafs again next Saturday. Uh, this coming Saturday. So, the, again, another big week for Ottawa, and they can't afford another 500 week. They yeah. need to clean house. And they need to really get on a roll because um, they they were able to get they were able to catch a break with Pittsburgh losing to Calgary and Montreal losing to Winnipeg, but they can't afford to let other teams control their destiny. and And they and they didn't let that happen last year because they got on a roll and they stayed hot. And, yeah, that's a good and point. like I said, they're going to have to do that again. And and like you mentioned, Dion Phaneuf. Um, yeah, I was about to bring that up again, just to make sure. by the Leafs. That was that was a very touching tribute, and he acknowledged it very well. I heard that he got like booed during practice or something. But uh, it was so like the a sense players booed him uh, to prepare him for what. Uh, <laughs> and then there was like actual sense uh, Leafs fans there who just actually booed him or something like that, or yeah, like. I, a, like I was saying, a, a very touching tribute for Dion Phaneuf. Uh, props to the league fans. So they they were uh, that was very that was very nicely done. Yeah, um, yeah. But I just I just heard that uh, like the like there were Leaf fans at the practice and they started booing him, which is kind of a low blow. But is uh, so the but it may yeah, have. I, I know a lot of Leaf fans, and not all of them are like that. But some of them can. Be well, yeah. Just, I mean, every 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 fan, every fan base has, has those guys. But yeah. You got nothing better to do. The Bruins have a ton of those guys. <laughs> I can yeah. I can relate. But but yeah, uh, but yeah it's um, all, overall that that was. Uh, um, I'm 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 glad they they gave him a, a proper send off. So yeah, that was I'm, good. A much much better send off than the one Phil Kessel got, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Dion, that that was that was very well appreciated. And you could tell he was 
Yeah. He was fighting back tears there. That really meant a lot. And, and he said to the guys, please put this on TV. Um, the, the, the fans were nothing short of incredible. So um, it, that meant a lot to him. And that, that was, yeah. that was very nice to see. And, 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 and like, like we, like I said before, and it really pains me to say it, but Toronto's when they start winning, be really really dangerous um but for the time being ottawa needed to beat them and and they did do that um and um uh interested to see what the uh, what the the next week brings but um i'm not ruling out ottawa's playoff chances but i'm not as optimistic as i was last year i i will say that yeah um yeah i uh so i guess that that concludes this episode um, I, I'm actually going to be away this weekend, so we may not, uh, record, uh, the, uh, next week, but, um, yeah, episode 23 could we'll be, see. uh, delayed, yeah. We'll, but, we'll uh, see, we'll, we'll, we'll and it looks like Steve is a bit busy, uh, next week, yeah. this week too, so, yeah. we'll so see. We'll, we'll, we'll do our best. And, uh, oh, I just got a I got a notification on my phone. The Jets are hosting the Oilers in the uh, Heritage Classic on October twenty third, twenty eighteen, twenty sixteen, twenty sixteen. Yeah, so that's this that's this coming October. Yeah, yeah. so they're so gonna have an outdoor game. Jets Oilers. Sense and Canucks had last uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's Jets Oilers. So Connor McDavid versus Nikolai Ellers. Yeah, and, uh, and speaking of Ellers, he. he suffered an eye injury and it looked pretty bad so um just got even worse for the winnipeg jets yeah they're probably not making the playoffs that's what we do we break news um but um all right uh until next time i'm brett duboff i'm steve ellsworth and we will be back to record hopefully sooner rather than later episode 23 of the lace my podcast